Welcome to the Conservation Queens podcast. We are five girls who love the earth and have a passion for living a more eco-friendly life. We are real-life zoo employees, and as always, nothing that we say reflects our organizations, and all thoughts and opinions are our own. Please keep in mind that we try to keep our podcast about PG-13, so if you have long- longer listeners, younger <laughs> listeners, <laughs> a great start. Awesome, great start. <laughs> it's in front of me, and I still can't read it. Um, if your kids are little, you might want to listen to it first and decide if it's okay. So I'm Abby. I'm Emily A. I'm Emily B. I'm Kenzie. I'm Katie. And with that, let's start talking about stuff. Stuff. All right. That was so great. I'm just killing it today, guys. Well, our longer listeners. <laughs> um, happy birthday, Abby! <gasps> Yay. Yay, guys! In three more of my lives, I'll be a hundred. <laughs> what? Because I'm 25 now. I got you. Okay, I got you. Uh, so okay. one she's person just saying she's hitting her quarter life crisis. That's all. Yeah, and it's starting right now with this podcast and that intro. So yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, fan shout out, Kenzie. What you got? All right, well, it is Veterans Day today as we record, so shout out to all of our veterans out there, including my dad. Woo, Thank you, Dad. Yeah. I love you. you hey, Mr. Kenzie. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mr. Kenzie <laughs> is my father. <laughs> Mr. Kenzie, I love it. <laughs> it's a happy Veterans Day. Thank you all so much for what you do and for the sacrifices that you have gone through and continue to go through, whether active duty or uh, not, but again, thank you guys so much, and we're so happy that you guys are here. So anyways, with that, uh, Katie, do we have any conservation updates this week? We sure do, and it's kind of a continuation from last time, because it's about our gray wolf friends. Um, So they were recently just taken off the endangered species list, as we said last week, but there has been some more great news. Colorado voted yes uh, to reintroducing gray wolves into the northern part of the state. Um, this is really yeah historic um, because the uh, it's never has a state delegated such a significant wildlife management decision to its citizens. So way to go, Colorado! Y'all know what's up. Um, Speaking they- of voting, <laughs> we yes, did it. <laughs> we- <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, we're jumping right into that one. Yep, yeah, we did it. <laughs> Well, yeah, guys, we got alive. gray wolves reintroduced. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Woo! And we also, now the environment will hopefully have some hope. We love it. That's true, too. <laughs> that's and with that, please give us some zoo news, Abby. We got some pretty, cool, love it. We got some pretty cool zoo news. Uh, the Kansas City Zoo recently got approval for a $75 million aquarium project. Wow. And I'm just, it's a lot of money. And I'm just saying, after we go visit the sharks at the Georgia Aquarium, Mm -hmm. because that's open now, Mm -hmm. this is our next stop once they build it in like 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) Kansas City got money. Okay. (laughs) We hear you, Kansas City. (laughs) We about it. We about it. What, okay, just fun, fun thing. What animal would you want to see in this $75 million aquarium? More whale sharks. What? <laughs> <laughs> so many responses. Uh, you sure you don't want belugas? Emily? I said I'm gonna go last. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh. I... Oh, okay. I guess I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking see... about it. I said whale sharks really fast, but now I'm thinking harder. Well, that would be cool too <laughs> to give more access to people to see whale sharks. Um. I don't know, man. No, wall. See, this is a tough question. Ooh, ooh, ooh. ooh I got a good one. I okay, got a good okay. one. Crawfish. Ooh. Yeah, right? Right? Mm-hmm. Maybe one of the ones that we mentioned last week. Yeah. One of those ooh. crazy, scary, deep sea I don't know why I'm thinking about this so hard. Obviously, sea turtles, because you guys know 
Um, at the aquarium that we work at, I have this crush on this sea turtle. That's true. She's yeah. Your, with her a sea husband turtle. is actually a sea turtle named. Yeah, Andy. she didn't actually get married to a man the other week. She got married to a sea turtle. I just, he's he's so dumb, and I love him so much. But what other zoo news do you got for us? Um, so coming up, if you like, <laughs> back to plug in this Minnesota zoo. Uh, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Um, so this is kind of a cool thing that Minnesota does on November 19th. We have something called give to the max day. And that's a day where people can donate money on the give to the max website and they will get their donations matched by different organizations. So it's kind of like a precursor to Thanksgiving where, um, people from Minnesota and hopefully now from all over can donate money to different organizations that they care about, um, and it helps them raise funding for the rest of the year. It's usually nonprofits or it could be small businesses. Um, so if you would really like to have to make a contribution to the Minnesota Zoo and have it like really, really count um, on Give to the Max Day, which is November 19th, which is, I believe, the let me check here. It is the next Saturday. It's the Thursday after we release this episode. So this Thursday. Um, mm, it sure is. Yep. I don't know what dates are. <laughs> Quarantine made us <laughs> still March. Thursday, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's March. Um, but November 19th on the Thursday, if you donate to the Minnesota Zoo through the Give to the Max website, they will get extra money. So you should do it. Nice. Amazing. Also, you guys, <laughs> I have prehensile tailed porcupine news. <laughs> oh, boy. I didn't think this would ever happen. But for the first time in over a decade, the Brevard Zoo in Central Florida has a prehensile-tailed porcupine named Shelly. Yes. Oh, wow. Cute. You can go to that zoo. Abby. I can. That's not far. And if we... I'm surprised she hasn't been already. <laughs> I don't know why. So everyone go to the Brevard Zoo to see little <laughs> Shelly the cute! <laughs> Dang. Yeah, Abby's not excited at all. Oh, not at all. <laughs> Here, listen. If we could do a prehensile-tailed porcupine... Battle Royale. <laughs> Just which brand yeah, the kind is the best? They're like, here's the thing. They're like all the same. It'd be like, well, this one is slightly bigger than this one, and it would be so boring. But if we could, what even? I don't know. Maybe that's a good April Fool's Day idea. We're not gonna do PTP, but we are going to do burbs. Except you missed. That's you true. also missed the. You skipped Beluga news. <laughs> Everybody tries to skip Beluga news every freaking uh, week. I every know. Week I love we go it. This. Yeah. Tell me, tell me, Emily, what is your Beluga news? Thank you, Katie. I'm so glad. See, this involves a bird, so I. That's why I'm advocating for it this week. Wow. All right. So Beluga news this week is something cute and adorable. It's not that exciting, but it is very adorable. It's very exciting. Um, Are you kidding? <laughs> Okay, so this also uh, kind of slides into my um, burb of the week, but we'll get there later. Um, so this week, the Georgia Aquarium posted the cutest photo I have ever seen in my entire life. Mm. Um, they posted a photo of their baby beluga, Shyla, who just turned six months old. So you go, Shyla. Um, but they posted a picture of her looking at one of their penguins who was up against um, the acrylic, and I died. So they set up like cute. this, like pumpkin display and little Shyla is looking at this penguin and I just I can't it's too much for my heart to handle it was I, really cute I think I don't remember Emily if like I sent it to you or you sent it to me but either way both of us were like Ugh! there was a lot of screaming that happened and like we weren't together but we knew that we each other were screaming it's true all right um and with that Kenzie you have a special message Yes, I do. <laughs> All right, so as mentioned earlier, the United States has finally held its presidential election, and thank goodness uh, President-elect Joe Biden and his running mate Kamala Harris was chosen. I don't think it takes a genius to figure out which side we were rooting for. <laughs> but we weren't really shy about yeah, that at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you didn't know, no. now you know. So Now you know. Uh, but that being said, I feel like we need to address an elephant in the room, and it's going to sound Is a little. A real elephant? I wish it was. Oh. I really wish it was. Is it a metaphorical but... party elephant? No. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. 
this this goes beyond a Republican versus Democratic issue. Personally, I'm not a big fan of the two-party system. You'll probably be hard-pressed to find someone who is. But while President or President-elect Joe Biden and Kamala Harris were chosen, President Trump still garnered significant support. Rest mm-hmm. in and peace, America. Is, yeah, and that is very concerning. And that's quite honestly, it's really upsetting. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to address the fact that Trump, even though he was vitriolic and homophobic and sexist and racist and all forms of is and phobia, the government, <laughs> we're going to talk about government spies. There we go! Oh, oh, <laughs> Let's talk about Thank the you. Bird for the bourgeoisie. <laughs> I'm not even really sure what the bourgeoisie is. <laughs> it's uh, the upper crust, the one percent. It's the people who hold the natural resources <gasps> and the money. It's Kenzie in birds 1837. Are too, birds are, oh, how dare you? <laughs> birds are too good for them. How dare you assume me, Billy of the bourgeoisie? I'm the <laughs> I don't make enough money to be bourgeoisie. <laughs> not now, but maybe then. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god! He is. I've got so much evidence. All right, oh, guys. Abby, birds. 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 We're finally oh talking goodness. about birds. I'm oh. so excited. So, overview. What's a bird? Uh, they're in domain Eukaryota, Kingdom Animalia. Wow. wow. <laughs> so am I. Phylum Chordata. Oh. Wow, we're going yep. there. Still there. We're going down. Class Aves. Oh, no, nah, nah, you lost <laughs> or <me>. Aves <laughs> or Aves if you're really annoying. One of the, <laughs> but Aves is how I like to say it. Um, birds are warm-blooded. They are vertebrates. They have feathers, beaks. They lay hard-shell eggs. They have a high metabolism, four-chambered hearts, and they have, for the most part, light skeletons, except for weird ones like ostriches. And I'm sure something one of you is going to talk about. Um, and they're not real. And they're not real. They're government drones. <laughs> and if you haven't seen the TikTok account, Birds Aren't Real, <laughs> p- do yourself a favor because it's very funny. Um, also, birds are dinosaurs. Yes. <laughs> true, so yeah. we believe in evolution on this podcast. What? Wow. What? Real, speak for you yourself, Abby. I'll speak for the podcast. What? We believe in evolution or you guys can leave. <laughs> we don't. So birds are dinosaurs. Um, They are the only living dinosaurs. In fact, (laughs) this is so funny to me. The closest living relative to dinosaurs in modern times is a chicken. The chicken. Look at all those. Too much seconds. The mighty have fallen. (laughs) Wait, why hasn't anyone made a TikTok where it's like someone like from Jurassic Park looking at dinosaurs and instead it has to look at all these chickens audio? Oh, cut that out because that needs to be something that we do. Oh, don't worry. I'll do it before uh, we post this. (laughs) Perfect. I already have (laughs) one million views on TikTok. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Katie's famous on TikTok. Uh, I might have one video that blew up, but that's it. (laughs) But um, birds are dinosaurs, and we know this because there was a fossil called Archaeopteryx found, um, which is considered to be the link between dinosaurs and modern birds because it looks like a dinosaur with feathers. So now we're starting to think that it is they're much more connected, and so birds are actually... And this is kind of weird. Birds are actually reptiles. It's, it's true. true. Um, so if you want to look up a phylogenetic tree or a cladogram, um, for those who don't know, that's basically a family tree for like animal classes. Um, you'll be able to see where birds fit in and it is not where you think they do. Um, it's not where a lot of people thought they do until we found Archaeopteryx. So it's a, so that was a really cool find. Um, and so that's my favorite. That's also Consequently, my favorite dinosaur is Archaeopteryx. Um, so because I love birds and I got to study birds in Africa, and I love African birds especially, um, for my birthday, the queens are going to do a battle royale of not the best bird, but the weirdest bird. Because my other thing is I like weird animals. Sure. So we're going to do that. 
Um, these are very personal opinions, but I think we all agree what weird means <laughs> as far as birth <laughs> go. Um, and I do think there's a correct answer to what is the weirdest bird, but I will be not telling you guys that until the very end. But there is a correct answer, and none of you got it right. <laughs> well, okay. Spoiler alert. I don't even know why I bothered. Well, maybe you guys will convince me, but I... I was going to say, Katie, what are you yeah, talking about? Yeah, Katie, let's go. You with, with, I mean, just this name right off the bat. You got a kookaburra. It literally is <laughs> like, sounds name. like it's the cuckoo for Cocoa Puff bird. Wait, what kind of a bird is that one? I don't know. Now I'm thinking I'm that. looking at it. Idea. I'll figure it out. All, All right. right. Well, kookaburras. Uh, I wrote is a poem a about bird? Oh, he is a cuckoo bird. He's oh, a cuckoo yeah, bird, yeah, which is idiots. different. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> which is different right. to be. Okay. I want to put this out there now just because it makes me mad. Cuckoos oh, and kookaburras are two oh. different kinds of birds. Yes. They sure are. Yeah. You may continue. Um, when I was in third grade, <laughs> I, I <laughs> sorry, this is gonna be relevant. I'm wrong. Um, when I was in third grade, we had this whole unit about Australia for some reason. I remember it like really vividly. I wonder why. It totally didn't lead to any future adventures in my life at but, all. But um, we were supposed to write a poem about something in Australia, and I decided to write a poem about a kookaburra sitting in a tree. Um, K-I-S-S-I-N-G. No, not doing that. <laughs> Actually, in the poem, I wrote that I was eating a lizard in the tree. And I was correct, because as we'll talk about <laughs> a little bit, that's what they like to eat. Oh, but yeah, bless. so that's what, I guess, started my love for this weird bird from a young age. Now you may be asking yourself, why are kookaburras weird, aside from their name? Well, all you have to do is hear one, and you will never ask that question again. For your enjoyment, I will now play the call of a laughing kookaburra for you. <laughs> so yeah, they sound kind of diabolical, kind of terrifying, and just all around weird. Um, and they're kind of pretty funny looking, too. At least I think so. They're very, like, short and stout. And sometimes they have vibrant colors, sometimes duller colors, depending on the species. Um, they have a very, like, wide, sharp beak. Um, and they're far part of the kingfisher family. And that's kind of the um, anatomy of most of the kingfishers. And he looks angry. They do. They kind of look angry. Um, they're, like... They're like, I don't know, they're short and stout, but they got a lot of spunk and a lot of aggression oh. inside of them, you know? So, so it's, like, um, it's like Winnie the Pooh, where he's like, I'm short and fat and proud of that. A little bit. <laughs> the Except way they're like, more like, I'm cute. short and fat and mad about that. <laughs> <laughs> like, you'll, I'll explain in a minute why I feel that way. But basically, um, out of the Kingfisher family, the laughing kookaburra is the largest in the family. They can get 15 to 16 inches tall. So, like, pretty tall. Um, Bigger than a foot. Yeah. There are four different species of kookaburra. There's the blue-winged kookaburra, the spangled kookaburra, the rufous-bellied kookaburra, and then the laughing kookaburra, which is the one I'm going to talk about. Try saying kookaburra, like, five times, and it starts to sound like not a real word. <laughs> um, now, <laughs> while they... Laughing kookaburras are mo more dull in color than the other four species. Their loud laugh certainly makes up for that. Um, in Australia, they're actually known as the Bushman's alarm clock because they will vocalize in their family groups at dusk and dawn to establish their territory. So imagine waking up. So remember that thing I played like five seconds ago? No. Um, imagine that, but multiply. <laughs> imagine that, but multiply it by like a hundred, and um, I think you would Sounds wake terrible. up, and I think you'd probably think it was the end of the world if you'd never heard it before. <laughs> um, I certainly would be scared. I never experienced that when I was in Australia, but kind of wish I did. Anyway, um, here's where the really weird part comes into play: is they are vicious hunters. Yes. Oh my gosh. So while kingfisher, while they are kingfishers, um, they do not eat fish very often. They eat more insects, reptiles, frogs, rodents, and are famous for eating snakes. Now, they can't do this like a normal bird or any other animal. No, 
They can kill a snake up to three feet long, and they will literally grab it behind the head and smack it on the ground until it dies, and then they swallow it head first. Hell yeah. Delightful. Have you guys ever heard of a bird called a red-legged Sarayima? Sure, I have not, Abby. <laughs> oh, well, I have. Uh, <laughs> my other challenge to the girls was to find a bird I'd never heard of, and they were all like, yeah, that's too much of a challenge. Um, red-legged Sarayimas will literally, they live in South America, and they do the same thing. They smack lizards on the ground until they die, and then they surf them down. So anyway, back to kookaburras being psychos. They even will sometimes drop the snakes from midairs onto the ground for tenderizing. Yeah, you know, you smack that beef around a little bit. Oh my good god. <laughs> Abby, never say that again. No. <laughs> but you know what's really cute though is like the parents are so thoughtful and they even give their chicks small snakes so they can learn how to kill their oh. prey properly. Adorable, right? It's Aww. like a serial killer in the making. I love it. <laughs> here's small. Here's mini me. Have this mini snake and yeah. beat it to the ground, <laughs> and then they laugh about it. <laughs> this is the best episode. <laughs> so, but hey, they have their cute parts too. Like they do mate for life, which is pretty Aww. cool. Um, they use the nest, the same nest hole, usually a tree hole, each year, and establish a re- year-round territory that is also used. By four to, their, to five of their grown young. Hey, baby, you want to come back to my tree hole? Well, they call them... <laughs> Ew. Oh, my good God. <laughs> um, they call them helpers. So, basically, they have chicks. Chicks grow up. Um, and they stick around for a few years to help mom and dad. They will help incubate eggs the next year. They'll feed their young, oh. uh, younger siblings. And they'll help defend the family's territory. Oh. So, like... Yeah, they got like some close-knit family groups, which I think is pretty cool. Um, then when they're about four years old, the helpers will leave to establish their own territories. But like, nice. Angel. You got some family values, you know, in the kookaburras. Angel. And I respect that. And, you know, in some respects. Um, my fun fact about them is, uh, as Abby said, the kookaburras laugh has been used as a sound effect in jungle movies for many years. So you've probably heard their laugh before. Um, usually in those jungle movies, it's supposed to sound like a group of monkeys. So they got you fooled. Ha ha. Joke's on you. It was a kookaburra. I was watching um, Jumanji the other day and I heard it and I was like, yeah. there's that. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's just not right for monkeys out there who are making pretty This isn't about monkeys, Katie. <laughs> we did that already. I'm just, I'm just saying. Well, I also would like to point out that I think that I like I might like kookaburras so much because they mark their territories the same way that gibbons do. They say. I was literally just about to say there has to be like this bird, and it has to relate to primates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I look at it. I did it. <laughs> um, now, kookaburras. Uh, this is where my little conservation bit comes in. Kookaburras are not an endangered species. They are actually um, listed as least concern. Which is great for the kookaburra. I'm very proud of you guys. Um, because they have been shown to thrive in the presence of humans. So they will live in like suburban areas and places like that. They are known to steal the occasional sausage off of a barbecue. Oh, um, they are pretty... like a snake. It... <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, they, they, could you imagine a kookaburra just like smacking a sausage to the ground? <laughs> 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 Gotta make sure it's dead. <laughs> That's an image. I think this podcast is rated R now. Um, <laughs> however, so like they have been thriving, blah blah blah, but they have been introduced to parts of Western Australia, Tasmania, and New Zealand where they are not native um, because of their reputation for killing snakes, is why people think they were brought to those parts of the country. Um, they are in those areas a significant threat to native lizard species, and they take up vital nesting hollows that endangered black cockatoos need to breed successfully. Ow! So their conservation message is definitely more of a an invasive species one, and being aware of invasive species in your area. Because um, even though animals can be really cool, like the kookaburra, they are really cool where they are supposed to be, and not where they're not. But they sure are a weird bird. And I did see one once in all my time in Australia. <laughs> um, and you know what? It wasn't even that. Ex- it was I was on a bus. So one of my classes was actually off campus. I had to take a bus there and back um, once a week. 
And on the bus ride back, I was looking out the window, and there on one of the um, telephone lines was a kookaburra just sitting up there. And I swear, I like I stood up in my seat to like try and see it for as long as I could because I hadn't seen one yet the whole time I was there. And that was like one of the one Australian animals that I was like, I have to see a kookaburra. And uh, that was it. I feel so. like as Amazing. like as a bird, you like I have like the little like beginnings of being a birder, where where like eventually end up as being the crazy person who like travels thousands of miles across the country to see a bird. Yeah. I have seen them quite a few times at zoos, though, and I do always love seeing them, especially when you get to hear them vocalize um, at zoos, which is really awesome. Did see lots of other uh, Australian birds, though, including that endangered black cockatoo, so that I felt pretty lucky for. But enough about my lovely Australian bird. Now it's going to, well, this bird actually can be it's found. It's going to take Australia a turn. Too, but I mean, you're right. That's- <laughs> and Emily, I feel like you're pandering to me a little bit. Okay, so let me tell you why I chose this topic. I feel Here's like you're going to relate this to Belugas. Have you, have you met a penguin yes. before? Okay, then you understand what I'm saying. You don't even, I don't even need to say anything That's else. True. Well, they're very, I, I, get it. I don't know if we're, well, okay. Uh I think that back. Let me give you approximately a million <laughs> reasons why penguins are weird. God. Okay. So actually, when I wrote this up, um, I had three titles for my topic. The first one is called "Why Penguins Are Weird." I wanted to call it "Why Penguins <gasps> Are Terrible," but this is a weird episode, so I went with "Why Penguins Are Weird." Alternate title: Why you should not have a okay, penguin as a pet. Alternate title two: Why puffins are so much better that's than penguins. Arguable as well, but you can't say that they're bad. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I sure can, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> that doesn't count. Okay, here's the thing. So, here's a list of reasons why penguins don't make sense. For one, okay, what is the most basic thing a bird Flies. does? Fly. Penguins can't do that. you water. <laughs> but, like, you're a bird. What are you even doing? Helping Come control on. the small fish. Evolution. Ask Daddy Darwin. This is not my... my... This is, like... This is very similar. I feel similarly about dolphins and whales because, like, evolution said, you're going to walk on land. And no, the whales said, jokes on you. We're going back <laughs> to like, the ocean. The ocean's better. This land thing sucks. Goodbye. <laughs> the penguins were like, we're going to do that They're like, I like what these whales are doing. So, <laughs> whatever. Um, okay. So, they were, most of them, not all of them, I know y'all were going to call Wait. me on this. There are 18 oh species of penguin and four of them live in warm areas. Um, the rest of them need to be chilly. And if you're going to have one in your house, which you should not, it would need to be like 50 degrees all the time. And that's very chilly. Exactly. So another reason why you should not have a penguin in your house is because there are 18 species, as mentioned previously, and 13 of them are endangered or critically endangered, um, primarily because of climate Mm. change. Um, Because, you know, they live in cold areas, and as the earth gets warmer, life gets harder. (laughs) Um, That's a good way to put it, honestly. This is the biggest one. This is the biggest one. They projectile poop. Like, it is straight up a jet stream of poop out of their butt. And it is disgusting. If you've ever cleaned up penguin poop, you know what I'm talking about. It is white and mucky and gross and smelly. And it smells like nasty fish. And it's disgusting. And they do it, like, every five minutes. It's actually every seven minutes. Wow. Five to ten is, I think, seven's in there somewhere. I don't know how to count, um, so maybe. I will um, quickly say, um, yes. you really don't know how bad it is until a penguin projectile poops onto a child's sweatshirt um, of whom you were giving a tour to. Um, yep. And oh, no. well, you're very lucky because the family actually thinks it's hilarious and they say, what a great souvenir for us to take home. That's when like oh. little no- oh no TikTok starts playing in your head. <laughs> Yes. Oh, no. But thank God the family was so nice about it. But yeah, penguin poop is wait. Katie, the environment that you used to work in that had penguins. Someone else told me who worked there that like one of their favorite joys was when the penguin would uh, eat out of the habitat, and then Um, it would grab the penguin. I never had to do that because I never worked in it. Literally said. I literally checked I'm him like a football. Pretty sure. He was a gentian. Yeah, he hopped right out. That's exactly what she, the, what the educator did to get the penguin back yeah, in. I'm pretty head. sure I've said on this podcast before that, and Emily, that we've worked at SeaWorld. 
Have we? Yeah. Okay. Yes. We previously have worked at SeaWorld as educators. Um, we there. And literally, the gentes yes. jump out. They will all like the time. go so they they go really fast. They make a in game the water, of it, and sometimes they'll hop out, but they'll hop over the enclosure into like the guest area, which is like totally <laughs> fine. Um, they kind of like get up and they're like, "Wait a minute, what?" Um, and then as the educator there, you'd have to like literally, as Emily A said, yeet them back into the exhibit. Um, yep, yeah, I have done it. I never got to work in Antarctica um, in that area, so I never got to do it, and it honestly is like one of my greatest regrets in life but I did get to actually work um, on the aviculture team there for a while so I, I did get to take care of them I, want, which was I nice. want to eat a penguin yeah really bad just go work at SeaWorld in education and you'll get a chance there you go alright more reasons why penguins are something um, okay so have you ever heard oh, of yes pie? they're so so loud it is loud and terrifying. It sounds like a demon has escaped and well, is it depends, screeching. Well, because sometimes they make cute little... It does not depend. No, they're all sometimes terrible. they make the cute little squeakers. Yeah, when they're a baby, when they're a full-grown <laughs> demon, they make demon noises. Oh, no. Like um, when the... Um, yes. The African penguins are the best. They literally just sound like someone is stabbing them and they're screaming. Ah, That's what their trumpeting ah, sounds um, like. It um, would scare children on their tours. Like they'd start crying. (laughs) Yes. I think you shouldn't be laughing at these things, Um, but it's very funny. So if you've seen the movie Happy Feet, where they all know how to sing perfectly, um, it is. Well, that was in their brains, not in our penguins don't tap dance. This is why I hate penguins because everybody thinks they're perfect little angels. But that's why we love them is because they're demonic. No, this this is my next point here. So everybody thinks penguins are so cute and they go on these penguin tours and they're like, oh my god, this is the best day of my life. And their like ridiculous four year old child is waving their fish sized fingers in front of Mm. the penguin's mouth. And I'm like, you're in for a bad time. Um Penguins will bite. Anything with a mouth can bite. I say that all the time because people do not understand. Anything with a mouth can and will bite you. Um, and penguins they bite do. hard. They have made they make people bleed regularly um, because they are demons. Again, I just I can't. Um, second of all, I mean this is a second of all. This is like a sixth of all. But um, have you seen their feet? What? Their feet are scary. They what? have claws. So I'm not into like it. all birds though. Yeah. Okay, yes, but, but vulture are weird. I don't because... like them. I'm still, I'm um, still sticking my guns you, here. No, um, just wait till Kenzie goes, because uh, the, the true. feet on her bird are truly <laughs> terrible. <laughs> that's true. Um, okay, so another weird penguin fact is why are their bones solid? Because they can't fly. Why are why can't they fly? Because their bones are solid. <laughs> it's a never-ending circle of weirdness. Um, they steal from each other. They steal each other's little <laughs> nest pebbles. They also steal each other's food. And they will steal each other's <laughs> children. Like, oh my god. So at SeaWorld, they have this big board every nesting season where they map out whose couple, like whose chick belongs to who. And every year, there's couple penguins, penguin couples, who if they don't have their own child or they just decide they don't want theirs anymore, they will steal another penguin couple's child. Yeah. Come on. It's what are you funny. doing? Just causing chaos. Um, I also added this because it brings me a little bit of joy. Is Have you ever watched a penguin get absolutely wrecked by a penguin whale? <laughs> or a seal, man. Like, it's, it's a rough life. I literally... Okay, but like, have you seen that video? I think yeah, it's Planet it Earth where the killer whales, like, ram the iceberg and all yep. the little penguins fall it's, off. It's, it's hard to watch. Oh. Unless you're a I'm team killer, killer whale, I literally, I guess you've lost by default. You can't win anymore. That's fine. That's fine. I'm going to keep going. I'm <laughs> angry. all day. Um, fine. Adele oh. penguins um, have been known to mate with corpses of other penguins. So they've got that going for them on the weird oh side. Um, they also will mate with the ground you know if nobody is so around. That makes so much sense for Adelis, so, though. They are literally crazy. That's what I'm saying. They're very They're aloof. not my favorite of the penguins. One of the SeaWorld yeah. keepers described Adelis as if there was a sign in the exhibit that said, do not cross this line, the Adelis would all be on the other side of it. <laughs> and then if she turned that Correct. sign around, they would all move back to the other side. <laughs> Yep. I was like, that's a great description. I'm saying. Of that, I 100% agree with you. 
they're mischievous. Um, and then my last point for why penguins are weird um, is, have you ever seen yeah. a penguin skeleton? Why they're is weird. their neck so long in their skeleton, but their neck in real life is, like, the size of a quarter? It doesn't make any oh, sense. No. <laughs> <laughs> they're just, like, chunky, and their neck yes, is, like, their whole body. And then there's just, like, a belly very and very short feet. <laughs> they're so good. It's true. So now we get to my favorite part of this, um, which is why are puffins so <laughs> this much is better? two birds. So, first of all, puffins are basically penguins that can fly. <laughs> like, the one thing a bird should be able to do, and puffins can do it. Um, puffins also, I found this out today, um, when they are hunting, they can carry a lot of fish in their mouth. And the way that their beak is shaped allows them to close their beak. Like, whether there's one fish or, like, a hundred fish in there, they can still close their beak and hold on to the fish. And then, when they get back to their babies, they don't have to vom up regurgitated fish. They can just say, here, here's a whole fish. I didn't vomit it into your mouth. Like, it's just so much better. Um, They're also very beautiful and very cute, and I think they're cuter than penguins. I will agree that penguins are kind of cute, but I think puffins are much cuter. And I think it's the beak. I a picture of a baby king penguin. Um, when they're chicks, they're still like bigger. They like get eventually bigger than their parents, but they're they still huge. have their fluffy like brown down it is feathers. Concerning. It's so cute. I love it. I mean, they're so fluffy. I I really I love them. <laughs> um. Really, all I wanted to say about puffins is that there are three species. Two of them are least concerned. The two species that live in the Pacific, um, but the species that lives in the Atlantic, which is the Atlantic puffin, op- aptly named. Um, is considered vulnerable um, primarily due to climate change. Like I said, as the earth gets warmer, life gets harder if you're a bird or any animal for that matter. Um, And so this goes for both penguins and um, puffins. But um, the more we pay attention to science and make lots of everyday changes to help reduce our emissions, we're helping There's a puffin baby. And on that note, penguins are better. But puffins are better. But there's a puffin beanie baby at Walmart. Yeah, I used to have a puffin bean baby. I also have a puffin, a stuffed puffin. I really I like the puffin and elf. Like two years ago. Do so, it, do it. Emily, um, I think that you will also agree that my bird is extremely weird because it has something very much so in common with yours. Oh, boy. It's, it's a bird that cannot Leave fly. Leave alone! What is the point? <laughs> so... I think I'm pronouncing this correctly. I actually wrote down how to pronounce it. Is it Kakapo. Kakapo. Okay. Kakapo. Let's hear what Alrighty. Google says. Oh, it says Kakapo. What about, oh, what's the British pronunciation? Okay. <laughs> well, it's either Kakapo or Kakapo. I've always said Kakapo or Kakapo. So. You know what? It's a bird of many names. So if you haven't heard of the kakapo before, um, they're from the land of Kiwi birds, a.k.a. New Zealand. Um, So I present to you the weirdest bird on this list. (laughs) Just trust me. Listen along. You will understand. They make no sense. Okay. Um, My favorite part is actually how I found out about this bird. Um, You may know them from the BBC clip uh, titled Snagged by a Rare <laughs> Parrot, <laughs> which is when uh, the cockapo uh, mated with David He mated with his head. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Birds are weird, man. Yep. So, number one already is uh, weird AF. Um, so they're described as an owl parrot, but unlike owls, parrots, and, uh, kind of like penguin, it can't fly. Um, and no, it does not have large eyes like an owl does. And unlike a parrot, they are nocturnal and have forward facing eyes at evolution. WTF. (laughs) What are you doing, daddy darling? Come on. (laughs) Seriously. Um, you all said Daddy Darwin was going to be cut out every time and now you all are on board so I think I've won I think we're going to make shirts for the podcast <laughs> <laughs> continue Emily 
Um, they have the world's heaviest, or they are the, hello, let me restart that. They have the world's heaviest. <laughs> okay. Um, they are the world's heaviest parrot, weighing in at four and nine pounds. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a chunk of bird. Understand. Yes. Because, like, uh, oh, wasn't there a four nine pound bird? It's got to be like like a condor, right? Would be like a like a nine pound bird. I don't even think. I'm thinking maybe like an eagle. I've, and I don't I've only held owls. And they pounds. were like one of them was like not even a pound, and the other one was like a pound. So yeah, it's yeah. So they're really freaking heavy. <laughs> um. A, I found a published scientific journal that called this bird an oddity. So scientifically, right. it's been proven that they're weird. Case closed. <laughs> um, the scientists who discovered them described them as much more like a dog rather than a bird. Uh, they're known to approach, climb on, and preen people and apparently mate with your head. <laughs> well, he just really loved David Attenborough. I mean, who, who doesn't? doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> um, it has no known close relatives. Uh, they eat pretty much any plant they can get their beaks on. However, however, um, they will breed based on a specific fruit abundance and availability. They will only breed when the Rimu tree fruit uh, is an, in abundance which only happens once every two to four <laughs> years. Years. All right. And, and they only breed during summer and autumn. So unless it blooms during that time, uh, they will not mate. Added evolution again. Hello? <laughs> um, males will gather to reach a little arena of courtship where they compete for their ladies' love. Uh, each male uh, will dig a hole in the ground, usually by a rock or a bank, to reflect their call. And they uh, shout these really loud booms that can travel three miles and then proceed with ching calls. This is how it was described to me. It's weird. Um, and this can go on for a full eight hours during the night and through the entire two to four month mating season every night. That's dedication. <laughs> so basically, get you a man who's dedicated to professing his love as much as the kakapo. <laughs> Amazing. Um, the male uh, plays no role in raising the young. Uh, they live lives of solitude and spend their time clumsily and not graciously flapping their wings to jump uh, like a heavy set chicken. <laughs> <laughs> dumb. They're also dumb. Uh, <laughs> even though uh, they can't fly. This is my favorite thing. They can jog. So what? let's imagine this weird-ass bird going for a casual jog in the rainforest. <laughs> Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. Too. I want it. Uh, <laughs> uh, when they're afraid... Uh, they choose the no movement method. So they literally just freeze and assume that you think they have disappeared. Yep. Makes sense. <laughs> Not try to run away because they can jog, you know, but okay. Um, this one was kind of also very weird. Um, apparently they smell what? nice. Um, described of, ha of having a musty, sweet odor. Yeah. yeah. I don't know I how I feel Very about strange. That. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know either. Um, they're also possibly the longest living bird with a life expectancy of over 90 years. I mean, but it's it parrot, though. Like, parrots, that's, yeah. that's their thing, is they live forever. Right, yeah. So, um, essentially, that's my weird bird. Uh, this is my little conservation tidbit for them. Uh, unfortunately... They are critically endangered due to uh, Abby's favorite topic: Gosh. feral mm -hmm. cats. <laughs> In uh, the '90s, their population actually dwindled down to only 50 individuals. Um, so keep your kitties indoors. It's not even hard. Thanks. No, it's not. 
Um, but the government put a plan in place. Um, we love the New Zealand government for caring about the environment. <coughs> Wish ours did. Um, anyways, we're almost there. We're almost there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they put a plan in place to repopulate the species where they were relocated to an area without the non-native predator, a.k.a. wild household cats. Um, and they are on the slow and steady increase in population. As of now, there's about 210 individuals. Yes. Amazing. Woo! We love the so, weird Yeah, very, very weird parrot. Super weird. <laughs> Kenzie, what do you got All for us? All right, my friends. Boy, do I have a story for you guys. But first, let's jump into it. So I am talking about emus, a.k.a. Australian death chickens. I mean, <laughs> I feel like cassowaries could give them a good run to their money. Oh, absolutely. But again, emus. So what exactly is an emu? No one so knows. these guys are large. Yeah, no one knows. So they're large, flightless birds native <laughs> to Australia. They look somewhat similar to ostriches. But despite their incredible size, their wings are incredibly tiny, maxing out at a mere eight inches. They're so funny. Why are they like So they're already weird to begin with, right? They do hold the record as the largest living bird, and they stand roughly at around 5.7 feet. And the males are a lot heavier than the females. So according to uh, the website, the Smithsonian, I looked up, uh, males weigh between 110 to 121 pounds, but females only weigh up to about 11. What? Yeah, I will. Wow. Why is I, how, I why are birds? Know. I don't know. And you know what, listeners, feel free to fact check me I'm on this. Because that does not sound correct to me. Yeah. Let me look. You know what? This is going to bother me. Look. Yeah. How much? All right. I searched eat? emu and it took me to Eastern Michigan University. That is not what I meant. <laughs> Okay. Um, I'm looking at adult National emus, Geographic. Right. Adult emus weigh between 40 and 132 pounds with an average in 69 and 82 pounds in males and females, respectively. Okay. Yeah, I got 66 okay. to 100 pounds on that geo, and they're pretty good at fact checking. Yeah. Okay. pretty. Hefty, <laughs> yeah. And uh, as soon as I was saying that, I was like, that doesn't make sense. So, someone needs to fact check on the Smithsonian website because that's where I got oh, it. From. Okay. Yeah. okay, one time I tried to call them to fact check something on their website and they didn't answer <laughs> me, so so don't trust them. <laughs> they also wouldn't hire me to run their entire narwhal program, Double so, don't trust them then, you know. I would. Did you look on the the Smithsonian Zoo, like the National Zoo website, or yeah, or the other one? No, it was the National Smithsonian Zoo. Anyways, you know we'll get to the bottom of this later. Anyways, listeners, Um, Kenzie, it says females weigh eleven pounds more than males. Oh, see, I just read that as straight eleven pounds. Okay. 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 So in other news, we all just need to learn how to read. Oh, <laughs> all right. Thank you, listeners, for being wild. <laughs> Kindergarten so, is really so hard. Females weigh eleven pounds more typically than that males. That makes so much more sense. Because I'm glad that clarifies thank a lot. God. Uh, but in addition to open an AZA accredited zoo, <laughs> I know I I was I was starting to lose hope in what little I had left of humanity. Um, but continuing on, so in addition to being fairly hefty birds, they also travel vast distances to find food. They can travel over 100 miles, and they also live in a variety of landscapes throughout Australia. So anywhere from thick, green, lush brush with lots of fruits and veggies to these arid landscapes. Now, what's really cool, though, about emus is that the males, not the females, will actually guard the nest and subsequently raise the chicks. And they'll stay with the chicks until they're about five to seven months Hell old. Yeah. And during hatching, males will actually become pretty aggressive when they're taking care of the nest. And if a female so chooses to stay behind and actually help guard the males, uh, they will even chase her off. <laughs> 
Yeah, but typically it's just the males with the eggs. And this is where it gets a little twisted. While on the nest, the males will not eat or drink or even defecate. And mind you, patient. All right. Right. And mind you, the incubation period for these eggs are 56 days. Yeah. yeah so for two months, it just sits on the eggs and does absolutely nothing. It's like me and quarantine, but at least they're more productive with this. <laughs> hey, they got a baby at the end. You got That's a magnolia true. at the end. This is very true. I'm, I'm, but I did not sit on Magnolia for almost how did Lindsay make her cat hate her I'm while glad. she sat on her for 50 days <laughs> no, I come home every day and I scoop her up and I kiss her and she's like what are you doing um, but here's where we start to jump into why I picked the emu so has anyone ever heard of the great emu war? yes Yes. Unfortunately. Yes. yes. So I thought that was just something made up. There was just a funny little fluke, but no, it's a real thing. And I actually found a great article from the Scientific American Journal that talked a little bit more about it. And with that, let's get on to the story of the Great Emu War. Yes. God bless. It was a legit. So a little bit of backstory for this. So following World War One, the Australian government purchased over 90,000 hectares of land that they used for a resettlement scheme for over 5,000 of their returning military veterans. And they did this with the intention of giving them to the veterans to farm the land. Uh, Problem was most of the land given wasn't the best for sustainable or productive agriculture and not all returning veterans had farming experience. So you can already imagine how this was gonna go. But we also weren't on the dry air landscape of the Australian uh, continent. Yeah, fair. That's very and needless fair. to say, the resettlement scheme wasn't panning out like the Australian uh, government had hoped. And with the onset of the Great Depression, nineteen twenty nine, which caused a huge drop in wheat prices, farmers were in dire straits because, in addition to one poor farming land, two really poor economics and the price fall of their crops. Uh, three, they had emus to contend with, tens of thousands of them eating and damaging their crops. In fact, they become such a nuisance that in 1932, things got so bad that these former veterans actually called in the Australian government, the Australian military, to call 20,000 of these birds. And the emu war officially began on November 2nd, 1932. Oh my god, that's my birthday! What? <laughs> this, is, this, this is, is a it. sign. A sign. It's a sign. Well, let me tell you, folks, it failed spectacularly because despite the Australian military's best efforts, the emus just couldn't seem to die. <laughs> uh, there was one military official who was quoted saying it took them uh, 10 bullets just to take down one emu. What happened was that the military was given a certain allotment of ammunition to call these birds. And they went through a quarter of them within just a few short raids. There was one instance where they had managed to track down a group of roughly a thousand emus and they had a machine gun with them and they started to shoot it into the herd. They maybe got 10 or 12 of them. But the machine gun jammed. All the emus said dip. And it was such a failure that the Australian newspapers reported it and openly mocked what was happening. Um, There was another time where they tried to use mounted ammunitions or they chased the emus from moving vehicles and they got one emu but the emu unfortunately got stuck into the driver's side of the car and the car ended up crashing into a fence (laughs) wait emily emily a didn't an emu stick its head in your car when you went to the drive-thru safari (laughs) yes and it was not a pleasant experience it would not get its dinosaur neck out of my car it kept trying to peck me. In fact, it did, and I I don't that was recommend it. My favorite it. thing that you ever Not. sent me, where you were like, "You know what happened today?" <laughs> oh god! Yeah. The whole time it's just me and my friend screaming. 
<laughs> yeah. So event. So on November thirteenth, just eleven days after the Great Emu War had begun, it ended because things got so bad, and it was so clear that they weren't able to effectively manage these emails. <laughs> 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 so I'm going to read you um, a quote from. What's his name says here? Uh, <laughs> here? Here's a quote that was written in the Sun Herald on July 5th, 1953 about the emus. If we had a military division with the bullet carrying capacity of these birds, it would face any army in the world. They can face machine guns with the invulnerabil invulnerability of tanks. <laughs> so don't mess with emus. Well, no. <laughs> with an emu. Wasn't planning on it. Don't mess with the emu. The Australian military went up against these birds, and these birds flipped them the bird, if you'll pause, if you'll excuse the pun, and said no, and they lost. And so eventually what happened was they gave more ammunition. They had to make more ammunition, and they just gave it to the farmers, and they said, here, you see emu, shoot it on site. And they only managed to get 5,000 in six months, which sounds like a big number, it's but not... when, you, when you consider how many God, emus dang. there actually were slash are, that's like a tiny, tiny, tiny little portion. So you can't, you can't win against emus. And these guys... No, no surprise. Uh, they're doing pretty well overall. They're listed as least concerned by the IUCN Red List. There's a few local populations that are in danger of extinction, mostly because of human uh, development on the land, which is no new story there. But ultimately, they're doing pretty good. There's about estimates of 600,000 of them living in the wild in Australia right now. So I think they're going to be just a-okay. Yeah, the tank <laughs> can't kill them. They are a tank. <laughs> they are a bird tank, and they will take these, these birds will fight God while walking backwards into hell. No cap. <laughs> these birds are not afraid of anything, and honestly, I I find that pretty aspiring. <laughs> yeah, we should all be emus. We should all be emus or kookaburras. I mean, take I mean your that's true. Honestly, I think I might want to be a kookaburra, but at the same time, then you can scream. That's very true. But true. No. all right, all right, Abby. So all of you picked very. Your good time birds. has come. Um, it's no s surprise that most of them were from Australia, or at least had some relatives living in Australia for Emily, um, or New Zealand. But the real answer to it's what true. the weirdest bird? It's not a pigeon. It's not a duck. Oh, it's a kiwi. Ah, duh. Oh, I, you know, you were very close. close. It's on the same So for those who don't know, a kiwi <laughs> is a flightless bird and I mentioned New Zealand. Um, and here it is, but, and they kind and of look like the fruit, fruit because their feathers don't look like feathers. <laughs> they look like fur. Um, and so it has uh, the largest egg in proportion to its body of any bird. It takes up 20% of the female's weight. Uh, and basically their whole body is egg where they are incubating it in their body. Um, and the way that they tell each other that they're ready to like mate with each other is they run at each other and knock into each other. <laughs> 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 they also have this tiny, Relatable tiny beak. Content. Like, I guess not tiny. It's a big old beak. It's real skinny. It doesn't make any sense. Um, their wings, basically non-existent. Their feet do not look like they belong on their bodies. So the real answer is the weirdest bird in the world is a kiwi. Um, okay, but our <sighs> birds. I think I we say, need to are make you the gonna pick one or are we going to make the Because, decide? like, these are all really, really good. And you know what? So, just by association, I'm going to say mine. <laughs> I mean... Because they're from the same one. <laughs> I think if we're going with weirdest, hmm. I mean, I just See, think penguins are terrible. I don't necessarily think they're weird. I mean, I gave you a lot of reasons, but <laughs> I mean, I kind of like the kookaburra. I, I think cockapoos are weirder than cockapoos. It's literally a parrot that's just like 
but I don't fly. <laughs> it, that's also it's like true. kind of not a parrot. Like, hello, yeah. what are you? Are you an owl? Are you a parrot? I mean, it's, are it's you even a bird? A parrot, hello, um, but also kiwis. What's related to them? It's anyone's guess. No, not even like Back they're close. just like their own thing. Um, some runners up for one of some of my favorite that's weird true. birds, just for you listeners to go look up, marabou storks crazy um and big um any kind of vulture especially bearded vultures very very strange um and if you want to know what my favorite birds are i really like rollers which are a passerine bird that rolls in the air and i like taracos which have a shade of red in their feathers that is not found anywhere else in the biological world so they're also kind of weird Ooh. Birds are important because birds birds play a lot of jobs. Like, even if you look at all of your (laughs) jobs. Emily, gosh darn it. (laughs) I hate you. She just, listeners, if you, I mean, obviously you're not on our Google Doc right now, but um, (laughs) Emily just added a photo of a kiwi, the bird, sliced in half with the inside of a kiwi. Oh my God. (laughs) That's it's pretty great. Uh, posted with our episode Absolutely. for your um, enjoyment. But anyway, so birds play important <laughs> roles in the natural world. Kookaburras, like they are snake pest control. Penguins are tiny fish control. Puffins are tiny fish control and perfect. I really perfect. do love puffins a lot. Um, cockapos, who's to say? <laughs> but they're, but they're very. They literally only breed based on a fruit being available every two to four years. So why are they here? We don't know. Emus, they're here for human population control. (laughs) Uh, And kiwis are here (laughs) just for my entertainment. Um, (laughs) For real. And you can call every uh, New Zealand. And actually, they take a lot of pride in that. There's a lot of really great conservation projects related to kiwis, if you are interested, um, that'll help out the species because kiwis are also like a critically endangered species. (gasps) A baby kiwi looks kind of like a brown emu. It's miniature. Yeah, they they funky. Yeah, they're still the best. Um, Anyway. So birds are cool and they're important and they're weird and they deserve more love than they get, um, even though they're not real. So my advice to all the <laughs> listeners is to go birding. If you don't know, birding is like extreme bird watching. You get your field guide, you get out your binoculars, which in the biz we call binos. Uh, you take them out, you look for birds, you write down the ones that you see and where you saw them, and then you can upload those to different websites so that everybody can enjoy the birds that you see. Um, there's a really great app called Merlin Bird ID where you can answer five questions and it'll give you a list of species that you could possibly be seeing. You can also use the app Seek by iNaturalist, which will scan a picture or the bird itself and tell you what species it is. That one's harder because birds are fast. Um, <laughs> no, nah, they fast, though. Have you tried? Because it's yeah. not worth it. Uh, uh, or you try to outrun a jogging uh, <laughs> kookapo. Yeah, Emily, next time you go outrunning <laughs> true. you let me know. Um, there's also a really oh, great I book on Amazon on called Extreme Birds, which I do, in fact, own. Um, it's a banger. It's great. I really enjoy <laughs> I really like it. Um, yeah, that's where I learned about poisonous birds. Woo. There's also, um, since Christmas is coming up, the yes! Christmas bird count. It's um, Audubon um, Bird Society has an annual Christmas bird count. Uh, this year, it will be conducted through the dates of December 14th to January 5th, but it's your way to be a citizen scientist and count the birdies in your yes, area. Go count the birdies. It's very fun. It's a way to get outside. And birding is a lovely socially distanced activity. You can do that Ooh, really yes, far away from people. And even if you're far away, you can still talk to them because you have binoculars. You can look at what they're saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> word of advice for those who are amateur birders, don't go birding in neighborhoods because you do look like a crazy person looking into people's houses when you're looking for birds with binoculars. When my lab was doing chickadee research, we had to send letters to the whole neighborhood that we were working in to say, like, 
if you see a bunch of college students with binoculars, they're not looking in your windows. <laughs> they're looking for birds. Oh, that's um, awkward. <laughs> but thank you, everyone, for listening um, today. Uh, if you haven't already, please go follow us on social media on Instagram and Facebook at the Conservation Queens Podcast or just Conservation Queens Podcast. You can email us at conservationqueenspodcast at gmail.com or if you're feeling spicy, you can go to our new website. It is conservationqueenspodcast.wix.com. There is a link to it in our Instagram as well as on our Facebook page. And there is a contact forum as well as um, one of the things that I am most proud of, which is the Conservation Connection tab. And it has a bunch of links to all the different organizations that we mention um, in our different episodes so that you can go visit them and see what we're talking about. So thank you. It, it's, I'm really, really proud about that part. We love it. Um, thank you so much for joining us this week, everybody. Now go out there, stay sustainable, and go look at those fake birds. <laughs>